There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see On WCN-TV Wisconsin Christian News Television live stream. It is available. Cannot hear. It is available on uh, WCNTV.net, and we're streaming on Facebook, and God only knows where else, uh, and God only knows for how long, given the fact that cancel culture is taking off. A good friend of mine just had thousands of uh, YouTubes deleted, and... Uh, so who knows what, where things are going to show up these days. But I know we're streaming on multiple platforms. You can always catch us on WCNTV.net, which is the platform that Rob Pugh, publisher of Wisconsin Christian News, uh, maintains. And he owns it. Nobody can cancel that one. Uh, so you'll be able to uh, share a link, for example, to last week's show, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen it yet. It was an interview with Alan Keyes and John Diamond. And Alan Keyes is uh, brilliant, and he made some excellent uh, points and outstanding, uh, uh, provided an outstanding analysis of uh, the situation that we find ourselves in in, uh, in, in, in America today. And uh, I have a question for all of us as we uh, get kicked off with the show. I've got a great show planned for you today. We've got uh, guests coming in. Uh, J.R. Harrison's already with us. I see his screen blinking on and off. I don't know. He must be having technical problems. I don't know. J.R., can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, your your image uh, video is blinking like every I... couple seconds. Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess it's just I guess it's just me. All right then. Um, but we the got folks. Jr. We got Jr. until the bottom of the hour, and then at the bottom of the hour, we got a couple uh, folks coming in. We got Ohio Brett, and we got Hal Shirtliff from Camp Constitution in New England. I'm coming to you, uh, great folks out there in the West in Wisconsin from Maine. I'm broadcasting from Maine, and uh, a couple of our guests are going to be coming on to, uh, today from uh, the great state of Maine. Camp Constitution's leader, Hal Shirtliff. And Brett Bowl, Brett is Ohio. Brett is actually staying with me. You're going to want to meet these guys there on the front front line. But I have a question to get us started. Does Christianity have? Um, I, we we've gotten in the habit of thinking that uh, Christianity doesn't have anything uh, appropriate, right, eth- more ethical, moral to say to politics. It's kind of a. Uh, but does it? Should it? 
should Christianity be applied to governance? Does it have any kind of um, anything to offer when it comes to what our laws and uh, should say and how our politicians should spend their time? Does it? Does or is, is does the separation of state mean that uh, Christi- we keep Christianity in the personal and private space? And we keep politics and governance and sort of the economic and war, war making and, uh, well, let's see now. They've got education. They've got welfare. I guess government just sort of take, does everything. And Christianity uh, is supposed to be just for healing, right? Just making us feel better. We just pray to God to fix our soul, to uh, answer uh, questions about our psych- psychology. Or, does, or should Christianity speak to uh governance politics uh what what our laws should say how they should read what do you think what do you think anybody anybody have a a quick thought on that because i'm going i'm going to take us someplace i want to show you a couple images and talk about them before i bring jr in here anybody besides jr have a quick point on that what do you you think anybody go ahead ahead. Sorry, which one? Who who uh, was that? Ch- Chimaha? Go ahead, Harry. Yeah. Go ahead, Harry. Okay. You know, our government was founded on Bible principles. Amen. It was yeah. the people that got away from it. So, yes, it absolutely has a place. Um, yep. But regrettably, the church has let it get away from it. Um, yes. I walked on you. Your turn. Chima, was it you, Ch- Chimaha? Is that how we, we call you? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Russell. Russell. That's, that's yeah, go Russell. My, was, my, my thoughts were right along the same line of Harry's. I uh, asked the founding fathers, and I concur with them. Yeah, and so uh, I, another question to follow up on it and to uh, sort of help us refine uh, our thinking here. Um, I think a lot of Christians look at sign-waving activists on the side of the street or uh, uh, Catholics going to pray in front of abortion clinics, any sort of public expression of uh, Christianity's priorities when it comes to, for example, abortion or, or say, uh, homosexuality. And when it goes out into the streets and we show up with signs and that kind of thing, I think a lot of Christians uh, recoil from that. Should they? Should we? Should Christians recoil from the uh, public presentation, the public confrontation of, uh, of sin or of sinners. Um, Spencer, why don't you bring up that Mark passage, if you can, that Mark passage. I want to uh, go ahead and scroll down, if you would. Scroll down, scroll down. I want to just read quickly. You stay with me. Uh, uh, just a couple sentences, and then we're going to bring JR in here. I want to show you a couple uh, images. I'm looking down here because I'm looking at my laptop. So stay with us, folks. So uh, scroll down a little bit more, a little bit more. Uh, for Herod, let's see. Uh, finally, uh, scroll up a little bit. Scroll up a little bit. Uh, for Herod himself. Okay, verse 17. Here we go. You, you ready? For Herod himself. Now, who was Herod? Anybody tell me? Was was Herod, uh, was he a leader? Uh, was, was he a... Uh, was, it, uh, was he a, uh, a pastor? Was he a, uh, well, Herod was a politician, right? He was a king, King Herod. 
So Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He was committing adultery. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. So uh, this is an example in the Bible of a prominent figure, the guy that Jesus said was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, uh, confronting in an obviously bold and direct way uh, a political leader. And that political leader not liking it very much and having John's, uh, John's activism, if you will, uh, ruffle some feathers. So activism against uh, powers, political powers, is in the Bible. It's there. And we, don't, we ignore it at our peril, I would argue. Spencer, throw up that picture of um, Bill Watcott, that one. So look at this. This is uh, someone that I want to ask JR some questions about. Bill Watcott on the left. Stop hating Christians because of their moral convictions. That's the sign he's holding. And uh, one of my best friends, Peter LaBarbera, homosexuality is sin. This is a few years back in Canada. Peter is a highly regarded pro-family activist, and he was stopped at the border, and he was uh, searched, <laughs> practically strip searched by the Canadians, and he was forced to leave the country. And I think they denied him access back into Canada ever again, simply because he's a Christian who speaks out publicly against uh, sodomy. So this is an example of modern day activism and paying a price. Go to that next picture of Bill, if you would. And JRB, I, I know you interviewed uh, Bill Watcott on Saturday, and I want to talk to you about uh, activism. And you're a bit of an activist yourself. And as we move toward the bottom of the hour, I just want to explore the issue of Christian activism uh, with you and especially talk about the kind of the, the pushback that you get mostly from uh, Christians for uh, quoting Bible verses in public, for applying uh, Christian philosophy, Christian theology to uh, contemporary issues at school board meetings, that kind of thing. And let's, let's talk about that. So look at this picture here. One of the things I love about uh, being a human being is creativity and imagination. Bill Watcott, can, I, I can't hold a candle to this guy. That's actually a Christian witness right there. He put um, Bible tracts and condoms and passed them out at a gay pride parade and in, uh, in a prominent ca Canadian city. I think it might have been Montreal a few years ago. And so the, these were his co costumes. He marketed himself as gay zombies. And he ended up with a $104 million lawsuit. And one of the uh, plaintiffs was the uh, prime minister of the country, of, of the Canadian nation, all because of this uh, stunt, this Christian activism that Bill Watcott, who you saw in that previous picture, organized and executed. And I would argue, JR, that this is an extremely effective way to proclaim the gospel. What say you? Common sense, yeah. Bill, Bill has a way of communicating and he, he told a story on our, uh, can you hear me okay, Mike? I can, I, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. He told a story on our show last Saturday about the condoms. 
and what they were expecting and what they got when they opened up the package. And uh, you can just imagine what they were thinking. And then as they're about to, well, do whatever they're going to do, they open this package up and it's got a, it's got a Bible verse in it. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> just, I mean, it's just, a, it's, some, it's something, it, I, guess, I guess the best way to take it is that Bill leaves a mark. Yeah. And you know something, JR, what sets us apart, everybody? What sets us apart from the animals? It's our creativity. It's our, it's, our, it's our minds. It's our ability to reason. It's the fact that we make art. It's the fact that we talk. We, we, we reason one with another. We have language. That's what sets us apart from the animals. We're like animals in most other ways. But what makes us different is precisely this uh, uh, capacity that we have to uh, charitably, lovingly, imaginatively confront evil. And... Uh, JR or anybody, why is it that so few Christians do this, do you think? Why is it? Why are we such cowards when it comes to confronting sin? What do you think? I'll say, you know, if anyone else wants to speak, you're welcome to. There's a, there's a lot of things involved here, but one is rejection. It's fear of rejection. We're afraid of it. We're yeah. afraid of rejection, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Spencer, speaking of that, anybody else? While, while, we're, while we're seeing if anybody else has a point, or JR, you can continue. Spencer, bring up the John 15 passage. Because this, this is from the Bible, speaks directly to JR's point of uh, our being afraid of being rejected. Why would Christians be afraid of being rejected? Scroll on down. Very familiar passage from uh, the Gospel of John, scroll down. Keep scrolling. Yeah, the world hates. the. So if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. We think when we get saved that uh, it's going to give us, we're going to learn the skills by going to church every Sunday and listening to the pastor. We're going to, uh, we're going to learn the skills to, so that everybody will love us, right? Yeah, that's why we get saved. And then it's all about, there's, there's no, we're not prepared at all for uh, the rejection that Jesus suffered, the, all the apostles suffered, that uh, John the Baptist suffered, and furthermore, that Jesus promised. He promised this rejection. The world hates you. Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember that I told you, a servant's not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they'll obey yours. So should we be uh, working overtime to figure out how far into the church we should allow openly homosexual couples to come? I mean, isn't that the big debate now, the emerging debate in the church? uh, We don't want to be unwelcoming, right? So we want to. So the debate now centers on uh, not whether or not homosexual couples—they they are obviously homosexual; they're not hiding it—whether uh, or not they should teach Sunday school, whether or not they should be allowed to take communion, whether or not they should be deacons, whether or not they should be the pastor—that's where the debate is. Well, Jesus says here um, that uh, if they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. They do not know the one who sent me. So if they if 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 I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. 
So uh, we should be looking back to that verse, if they obeyed uh, in, back to verse um, 20, they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. It seems to me that our goal in uh, being Christian, especially leadership in leadership or in our activism, should be to find those who want to obey the teachings of Jesus. And the others we should not, I don't know, should. It seems like the church is being organized now to chase and entertain and uh, uh, attract the people who don't want to obey Jesus' teaching. Right, JR? Isn't that what? Yeah, we want to be popular. Yeah, I, I think Harry wanted to say something or had a question. He had his hand up in the air. Yeah, Harry. Harry did you? I can't see the hands for some reason. Well, you got away from it a little bit, but you know, you were asking me about the uh, Christian activism. Yep. And I've always believed that there's many, many different ministries. We all have a different gift. Uh, the people that say, I go out and, and pray in front of the uh, abortion clinics, so therefore you have to. I'm sorry. Uh, not everybody has the same calling. And yet yep. there's many activists that say, you have to be like me. And I don't believe that. Right. And I'm not one. Yeah, I don't. I, it's a good point. I agree with it. Uh, but I, what I'm getting at is that the sort of knee-jerk reaction, it seems to me, uh, by Christians toward activists like those who show up <clears throat> at abortion mills is so often very critical and negative. And even if you're not out there, you should be praying for those people and you should be supporting them as they confront the evil. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, not everybody was called to be John the Baptist, right? And not everyone was called to be a martyr like the apostles were. We know that uh, most Christians who sat at the feet of the apostles went on living. They, we don't have evidence that every single one of them was martyred. Um, so, yeah, the point well taken. Point well taken. J.R., so you uh, have practiced for many years uh, this form of activism that so many Christians uh, are made uncomfortable by. Um, how do you... How do you see it? I'm sure you agree with Harry. Not everybody's called to it, but how, how do you see it? Well, first of all, if you see a need, that's your calling. And how you do it really has to do with how you were brought up. I mean, we Coach, Coach Dave Dobmeyer is a good example. Uh, we call him Coach for a reason. That's how he handles things. Mm -hmm. He yells a lot, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, by the way, and Neil... If you, and, if you, and if you don't know who he is, Coach Dave, go to CoachDaveLive.com. There's a wonderful library of arc, uh, a wonderful archive library of videos going back five years. He produces a one-hour Bible study every uh, weekday morning, and that's who Jr. is referring to. So if you're curious about that, CoachDaveLive.com, you can uh, check that out. And I highly recommend you do that because Coach is uh, entertaining. He's provocative. He's hard-hitting. He's uh, unafraid of taking on. Uh, issues that most everybody won't discuss, and he does it in such a way that he's not—he's not—he doesn't come across as dogmatic. So it's a—he's attracted. He's got over 120 people coming in every day to interact with him in a way that, in the way that we're—I'm a very poor substitute to coach, but um, in the in the way that we're kind of doing this uh, today. So yeah. Jr., keep going. Well, Bill Luckcott is another example, and and Bill, I just say, is sneaky good. He's not a yeller necessarily, but 
But when you, when you, after you deal with him, especially if you're on the opposing end, you, 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 you wait, wait, what, what just happened here? Wait a minute. Wait, I don't understand what just happened here. He gets to you. He just, he just has a way to get to you. He's very intelligent. He's very humble, but he's very dedicated. And it's just, I love the way he approaches the matter. I really do. But that doesn't make him right, coach wrong, me wrong, or anybody else. It's, it's really do something even if it's wrong is a, is a phrase I use a lot that people don't understand. You need to do something. You need to get into the game. You need to call a play or you need to try to run a play to see exactly what's going to work or what's not going to work. But you've got you got know, to do it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're on the verge, Jr., of losing – uh, all that we hold dear in terms yes. of uh, the American nation yes, sir. Uh, uh, to to communism and and the pressure uh, the con- the pressure from the left, which is a a form of ideologically speaking and politically and even <clears throat> religiously speaking, um, is communism. It's we don't it's not you know a lot of things don't come around the same way they may we may we're not perhaps going under Soviet style communism. It's going to be I think it's a, there's a new brand of communism that's being pressed down upon us. And uh, if Christianity, the church, doesn't uh, find a voice uh, that includes activism, bold, in-your-face confrontation of sin, I think uh, we could very well lose uh, this nation. You know, civilizations have risen and fallen down through history. What would make us the one that doesn't uh, fall as a result of choosing godless hedonism, narcissism, and sin over uh, loving our wives, loving our husbands, serving our families, building righteous neighborhoods that uh, take care of those who are less fortunate and where we indeed love our neighbors. If, if we're going to stop doing that and instead we're going to buy into this uh, racism of critical race theory and this transgendering and we're going to push this on our children, then... Um, <laughs> and the only the force that's going to stop this is Christianity. It's not politics, is it, Jr.? No, no, you're correct. You're correct. And we and we need to be very careful, Mike. I think Harry's point's still ringing in my ear. There's there's an old saying: is what what you feed will 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 grow, and what you starve will die. Mm-hmm. We need to encourage every Christian that we know. Uh, I people do things. I just I just shake my head and go that I don't understand that. That doesn't mean what they're doing is wrong. Because what they're doing is maybe that little pin at the end of the whole thing that we need. Yeah. And, we, and we need to understand that at least they're getting involved. They're getting involved. And yes, um, Neil Mammon wrote a book called Jesus Was Involved in Politics. Why Aren't You? I would recommend that book to everybody that's listening to this if they have any concerns at all about whether they should be getting involved in politics or not. And politics can look like if you're in a workplace where there's diversity training, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. your, your situation means that you cannot uh, lo- lose the paycheck, there's an infinite number of ways. Remember, going back to the point, uh, Bill Wacott and the green suits and, and passing out the scriptures in the condom, you too have an imagination. There are ways that you can confront this uh, compromise with Satan. There are ways. There are ways. What we have to do, though, as Christians is we have to pray, right? We have to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. And we ha- then we have to look for the opportunities and the ways that he's calling us to, to uh, bring truth, reality, natural law into uh, the equation. Right, JR? And it's going to be different for everybody. 
But you said the ma- good. You said the magic word, natural law. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get I, me. You're gonna get me started. Good. Yeah. And uh, so we've got a little bit of time. So you've got the Natural Family Foundation, and right. uh, Spencer Wall uh, Jr. is talking with us about this. Bring up his website. The nat- uh, what is your website? There it is. Like he got naturalfamilystrong.com. Naturalfamilystrong.com. Tell us about it, Jr. And folks, you need to check it out. There's plenty of uh, resources now more than ever in human history, uh, there to help you push back, to help you take a stand for the truth, to help you uh, apply your imagination to uh, what's troubling you in your workplace, in your family, in your church, in your neighborhood. There's uh, resources uh, just all over the place to help encourage you, give you ideas, and uh, support you in every way uh, necessary. So, JR, your uh, website is one source of such uh, support. Tell us about it. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. In the beginning, God created three institutions for the benefit of man. And he created the family first. And that's purposeful. Because as goes the family, so goes the church. As goes the church, so goes the nation, so goes the state, so goes business, etc. And the family has to be defined. It can't be elastic. It can't be one thing, one generation, one thing, the next. And naturally, naturally, it is one man, biologically born. I have to say that now. One woman in a lifelong, committed, monogamous relationship with her biological or adopted children. That is the key. That's the foundation. If we don't have that, if I, I'll tell you right now from, from a biased standpoint, if you take a look at America, the biggest problem in America is that the family is broken. If you've got a broken family, I can guarantee you, you're going to have a broken church. If you've got a broken church, you're going to have a broken nation. We got a question or a point from uh, Russell. Go. Uh, yeah. uh, along with what Harry was uh, alluding to, I, I think that if we make a test of fellowship in our zeal to get the word out and be an example of witness, that sometimes that can come across in a negative way to fellow Christians. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I guess, I'm not good. See, you can tell at uh, public speaking. or, but uh, You're doing great. I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do good out on the on the front lines because of a lot of issues that have to do with my personality. And I think when we come to Christianity, we bring our personalities into it. And uh, that can, that can wear on people. I'm, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, but God knows, God knows what your personality is. And he wouldn't brought you into the picture if you weren't going to be used. Yeah. So, and there, there's things I could I could spend the rest of this program and the rest of the day talking about the things that are that are that are wrong with me and the things that I shouldn't do and I can't do yada yada yada. But that's that's not God talking to me. That's Satan talking to me. Yeah. And and you can't you can't allow that, brother. You just go do it if he calls you to it, and don't worry about whether you're doing it right or wrong. Yeah, that's a Jr. makes a good point. Hey, uh, Russell, have you ever been on the streets and uh, done anything like that at all? Just a you know, yes or no? Well, yes, uh, with the abortion issue. But Good. there again, I'm not solo. I'm, I'm with a, a like-minded group, and I'm not confronting them. I'm not, I don't have the articulating skills that that cool. uh, someone like J.R. or you uh, were gifted in different ways. And uh, right. so I just kind of follow my gifting, and I do better with one-on-one or within a very small group of people. And I, I can uh, let my faith be known comfortably. And uh, when I get out 
confronting someone, especially if it can go to a, you know, a hostile discussion, I've not got the right temperament. And I know I, like JR says, I need to work on that. But, uh, well, that's that's great. That. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for going. Thanks for going. You can go to, Amen. The, Amen. you can go to these events. You can pray. Anybody can, uh, can pray. And that's, and that's the most important thing. I, the events I could, I, I get scared to death. I go to these events. I, but what I like to do is stand next to coach and he just pumps me up. And there's always guys there who, who uh, God has called and who he has gifted to confront the evil in imaginative, imaginative ways. And I, I see Bill Wuckott as one of those people. And it, uh, very, it troubles me deeply that uh, Christianity in general um, does not work to refine the skills or to support those who have the skills to confront evil. Instead, we've, I think we've come to accept the, this uh, lie that Christianity is all about love. And when, and when we think about love your neighbor, what that means is that we're supposed to love the abortionists or we're supposed to love uh, the devil even. Just, and I, it, that has not helped us. It, that has helped to bring us down. It's, gotten us, it's made us so weak morally now, the United States of America I'm speaking of, that uh, we, we, we are losing our grip on reason itself. Imagine, folks, here in it, it, all over America, rules are being uh, uh, pushed by government to uh, enable educators in our public schools to establish uh, confidential relationships behind the backs of parents that enable John to be sent to school at four years old and become Joan and put on a dress and then when he goes home, uh, he changes back into his pants and he shows up with, in mom and dad's home as John. And the rules are being uh, pushed down to the fourth grade level. They are, years ago, they, they, they said, we're, we, we're not about the kids. Well, now they are about the kids. They're, obviously, they're, everything is oriented in the popular media to uh, influence and propagandize children to uh, fall into sexual confusion at best sexual sin at worst to, at, and the earlier that these forces from the left can and now for also from the right can get us human beings to fall into these sins and to destroy our virtue the better they feel about it and this the only way we're going to fix this is to confront it is to confront it we are it's not going to go away because we practice some kind of love we reached the bottom of the hour jr has been with us during this 30 minutes, we've been talking about Christian activism. We just scratched the surface. We're going to go take a break now. And on the, on the other side of the break, we're going to have, um, it looks like the folks I invited in to talk to us, at least uh, it looks like Hal Shirtliff is with us from Camp Constitution. We're going to be talking a little bit about climate change. And we're also going to talk about Camp Constitution and how important the United States Constitution is. J.R., Thanks so much for being on and your website. We flashed it up there. Um, make sure you go and visit, visit Natural Family Strong. Was that it? What's the URL again? Natural. Naturalfamilystrong.com. And thank you very much. Naturalfamilystrong.com. JR, thanks for your time. All right. Sure. We're going to break. You stay tuned. We'll be right back. Pornography is a destructive force. It destroys individuals, families, and fuels the out-of-control demand for sex trafficking. 45% of Christian families say porn is a problem in their home, but why aren't churches and public schools talking about this? Fear. People who view porn think they're the only one. It's a lie. 
Statistically, more people view porn than who do not and struggle in silence. www.lynnfrederick.com You can find the book I wrote about my own battle with porn and the presentations that I do for churches and public schools. lynnfrederick.com At the McClario Firm, it all starts with family. We are here to serve you and your family, online or in person. Call today for a free consultation. The McClario Firm, your law firm for life. Are you a parent, mentor, or youth leader searching for meaningful books to engage your middle and high schoolers? Look no further. The books in the Off the Itinerary series by author M. Liz Boyle are receiving outstanding reviews for their compelling plots and strong Christian themes. Avalanche, Chased, and soon-to-be-released Ablaze are available on Amazon and at most bookstores. Check out mlizboyle.com for discussion guides to accompany each book. This is Leighton Howerton, and I've learned a lot from my monthly subscription to the Wisconsin Christian News. It's a national newspaper that's dedicated to encouraging you in your Christian walk, and it's chock plumb full of biblically sound articles and commentaries from some of the best Christian writers and authors in the country that, in my opinion, are more than up to the task of taking on the toughest issues in the midst of all the uncertainties we're facing living in times like these. Wisconsin Christian News is a nationally and internationally distributed newspaper and is a vitally important resource that you don't want to miss out on reading, either in print or through an online subscription. And to get your copy, all you have to do is visit www.wisconsinchristiannews.com. That's www.wisconsinchristiannews.com. And tell my old friend, publisher, and editor, Rob Pugh, sign me up today. Well, this is so exciting. We got our, I think we might have uh, broken a record. You know, our, these, these shows online, these live streams, they grow or they tend to grow organically, or at least that's the way uh, I like to see them grow. We got good, a great group of folks in here having a, we've had a wonderful conversation during the first half hour. We've added a couple new voices here for the last 30 minutes. You are not going to go away. You are going to be challenged and you are going to learn new concepts. And I'll tell you folks, the only way we are going to get to the other side of this uh, communist attack from above, from uh, from the oligarchs, from the uh, from global forces, this what I call the COVID cult. The only way we're going to get to the other side of this is uh, if we come if we come and reason together. We Christians come and reason together and uh, straighten your. I'm getting a message here, Mike. Straighten your chair. Thanks. Okay, is that better? Is that better? Yeah. Okay. He was trying to hide the fact that he was doing, but that's okay. One of the things that makes these this live streaming is uh, work so well is the authenticity of it. So you are encouraged to raise your hand or just jump in, just unmute yourself and ask a question, make a point as we're moving along here. Uh, we have Ohio Brett and we have Hal Shirtliff joining us, uh, two very good friends of mine. Hal Shirtliff is the leader of Camp Constitution. And that's coming right up, Hal, right? That's a week. And Polly and I are so excited that we're going to be with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about that week, how long you've been doing it, what it is. Well, uh, yes, Camp Constitution's annual family camp comes up July 18th to the 23rd. That's uh, Sunday afternoon to Friday morning at the beautiful Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center in, um, in, in, in Plainfield, New Hampshire, which is just a little south of uh, Lebanon, New Hampshire. And at this time, we are full. We have no room left. And that's 
not happened. <laughs> In fact, we were full a couple of weeks ago, and you know we had a family that couldn't make it, so we had a few people on. A, we have a couple of families on waiting lists, so uh, we've almost uh, maybe while growing this nice venue. So that's um, outstanding. So, so, so Hal, this is a camp that focuses for the entire week. Uh, those the minds of those who attend on the uh, Constitution. Why? Why is that so important to uh, focus on the Constitution? Well, the Constitution is the law of the land, and very few people have a, even a rudimentary understanding of the Constitution. Even a lot of people who call themselves conservatives, uh, they may be good on a lot of issues, but when you ask them a few basic questions of the Constitution, they don't know it. And, uh, you know, for example, uh, a lot of conservatives think we should have a Department of Education. We should just have the right people or the right person running it where it's not constitutional. It's not in the budget. When it comes to foreign aid, you know, what country should we give billions of dollars to? Well, this is a good country, but this isn't. This one is good, but this one isn't. It's not constitutional to give foreign aid to any country. You know, if they had an understanding of the Constitution, they would know that. And it would reflect in their voting record. You know, Dan Crenshaw, he's a congressman from uh, Texas. Yeah. I don't dislike the guy, obviously a wounded veteran to get a lot of respect for him, but his voting record isn't that great. Mm. You know, it was the last time I and the voting record based on what we had called the Constitution, that what was uh, the Freedom Index from the New American, he's like a 45. Yeah. Let me tell you, if I came home with a 45 on my, my, uh, my test from school, mm. I'm not going to be treated too well. My mother's going to be a little upset with me, you yeah. know? But hey, yeah. we say, this is, this is the conservative standard, and it's not. Yeah. So, uh, someone like Ron Paul, on the other hand, and his son Rand, who's not quite as good as uh, on the Constitution, but Ron Paul was like a hundred. So mm-hmm. Ron Paul was the standard when he was a member of Congress. He voted constitutionally, mm-hmm. and that's what we got to get back to. But we also have a lot of issues. Uh, in addition to learning about the Constitution, we have classes on America's godly heritage. Uh, Reverend Stevie Kraut, who's riding in the vehicle with me, is the one that uh, our camp chaplain. Uh, and we have uh, Pastor Dave Whitney of the Institute of the Constitution. I think he's no stranger to uh, this this uh, program. He's going to be there, and um, we have so, a lady. So, Hal, you you'd welcome people from Wisconsin next year, right? You're going to be doing it next year. You're full this we year. Were, so you, oh yeah, you know, we actually we have people from all over. We have people coming from Michigan. We have people coming from uh, yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, um, but uh, so so Camp Constitution next year in mid July. Go ahead and make your plans right now. But listen, uh, there's an event coming up in Wisconsin that Ohio Brett is going to be speaking at. So uh, I know you're disappointed that uh, Hal's camp is full, uh, but I can uh, solve that problem for you and make sure that your disappointment just evaporates overnight because Ohio Brett's going to tell us about what he's coming to Wisconsin for. Uh, later this month, and you too can participate in that, and that's going to be right close to uh, where you are. So, uh, Brett, what's that? What's coming up there in Wisconsin? Well, we're very excited for the huddle, Mike, that uh, it'll be at the uh, end of July, into August 1st, uh, as I uh, join a great group led by CoachDaveLive.com. CoachDaveLive.com. I'm honored to be one of the, the kickoff speakers for that conference, and I'll share some stories from the sports world. I'll share my faith and I'll also share some strategies if those uh, men and women want to support uh, faith-based organizations or they might want to be uh, in full-time ministry themselves. So if you want, 
more information about that, go to coachdavelive.com slash events or the events tab at coachdavelive.com and you can find out about that event in Wisconsin. And uh, lest you think you're new here and you think that uh, all we want to do is advertise events or talk about camps, that's not the case. What we do want to do is, is uh, get people to develop a, a good balanced uh, life with respect to technology, screens, and getting together personally. So uh, I'm really glad to talk about Camps Constitution. I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm going to be participating in it because uh, after coming through the COVID cults uh, world, <laughs> the world they want to create over the last year, which is like 100% screens, we're not going to own anything, we're going to rent everything, we're going to live in little cubicles that they designed for us, and, uh, and they're going to send us a paycheck, it's going to be direct deposited into our bank, and we're not going to have to work. You know, after living through all that for the past year, and seeing, uh, getting an up close and personal look at their vision for my future, I'm eager to go to Camp Constitution and be with human beings. I'm eager to go to uh, hear Ohio Brett in person and not just through a screen and be encouraged and uh, shake hands and press the flesh and hug people and be a human being once again. Go ahead, Brett. Well, I'd like to say on behalf of the great state of Ohio, we love those Wisconsin Badgers and we love cheese. <laughs> And I would like to officially host a Camp Constitution. Uh, come to my hometown in Dublin, Ohio. We'll give half off for anybody uh, from Wisconsin. Uh, they can, if they, as long as they bring some cheese uh, and <laughs> some good stuff. But uh, I was an artful listener to Hal, and I, I, I'm going to be honored to be uh, uh, speaking with Hal and that stud Reverend Stevie Kraft. I can't wait to watch him light up that crowd in Holton, Maine up in Aroostook County. So, Mike, look what the Lord is doing. Look at, at this call. You have so many great men and women on this call all over the great state of Wisconsin. As I get to Wisconsin, I can't wait to meet them. Uh, they are salt of the earth people. They are true leaders worth following. And I'm going to guess many of them are for God, country sports, and the great outdoors. So the reason I invited Hal Shirtliff on today is because he sent me an email and it touched on the subject of uh, global warming. And uh, for, you're going to have to forgive me, folks, for uh, jumping all over the place on the issues. But actually, you're not going to have to forgive me because uh, that's what I like to do. I think it's uh, in, I think it's engaging and interesting. And uh, I think it engages our minds to not get sort of stuck in a rut. So, uh, Hal, come on in here. Tell us what that email was about. So. It was a. It was. A, it was. You were talking about well, cl the, the climate. Go ahead. Yes. Well, about a year. About a year ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing a climate historian by the name of Tony Anthony Heller, H E L L E R, and it was. Uh, you know, he, he. It was a. It was an interview that, that you know. Of course, I archived on our Podomatic page. We do have a radio show, um, but this was archived because. There was some parts of the country experiencing heat waves, and every time they experience a heat wave, you hear about climate change and global warming and the world coming to an end and all this kind of stuff. The two times you hear about uh, climate change coming to an end, the world coming to an end, is when you either have a heat wave or you have an unusually cold winter, and so they want to deflect away from the cold winter. Oh, the Earth's still going to burn up, even though it's 20 below zero here in Miami, and it's snowing in Israel and all this other stuff in Hawaii. So I had him on it. So I wanted to reuse this, resend that, and uh, because we were experiencing a, uh, a heat wave, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it was in the 90s, a little unusual to be that hot in uh, mid June. 
And then a week after that, we had some really cold weather. It got down to the 50s in Boston and in yeah. uh, New Hampshire. And it's interesting when it gets to when it, when you have unusually cold weather in June, the people and you know the fake news don't say, "Oh, this is a record-breaking cold." They don't say that at all. Only when it's record-breaking heat. And so Tony was talking about the horrible heat waves that we had in the 1930s, in the early 30s, where thousands of people around the country would die. And of course, mm-hmm. that was before air conditioning uh, was as widespread as it is now. Uh, but, you know, people living in tenements and what have you would die. And, 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 and he pointed out that it very seldom gets to be 100 degrees in the Northeast, where it was very not uh, It was common. I remember some uh, hot summers. It got to 100, 203 in the 70s. Uh, and he says a lot of times people will reminisce. Oh, I remember when this would happen and that would happen. And he said when you really go back to it, he said people usually have bad memories for accurate facts. You know, he said a lot mm-hmm. of times it's just anecdotal stuff that doesn't really hold water or hold truth when they actually look into it. So he was talking about, you know, mid- the medieval warming period. And we got on the subject of a book that we actually reprinted. It was written by Noah Webster. It was called On the Supposed Change of Temperature in Winter. It was published in 1810. And uh, now Tony knew more about it than I did. He said that Thomas Jefferson and Noah Webster actually debated the subject. uh, Jefferson was a global warming. He thought the the winters were warming up. And they Mm -hmm. thought so because of the um, certain species of animals were coming further north and surviving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, today we see coyotes in, in Maine. We didn't see that 100 years ago. There's mm-hmm. actually a species of parrot that live in Tar- Connecticut that are mm-hmm. thriving in uh, West Hartford. But Hartford mm-hmm. is not becoming, tro- not West Hartford, West Haven. But West Haven has not become tropical because some parrots could survive. So mm-hmm. people draw wrong, and they drew the wrong conclusions in 1810. In fact, Jefferson conceded defeat. And uh, what uh, what Noah Webster would do is he would look at uh, history and you know a lot of things that uh, temperatures were recorded you know during the battle of um, Lexington and Concord he said it was in the 70s that was unusually warm mm-hmm. and I tell people I go to these reenactments by videotape and there are times when it's in the 20s and I've never remembered being in the low 70s uh, on April 18th and 19th uh, in all the years I've been going there, like 15 years or so, it's you know, the best it's been is maybe low 60s. Yep. So I said, well, we're experiencing climate change and global warming. Why hasn't it really got that bad? And then you talk about seawas loving. I just I would stop off to get some gas and picked up the uh, one of the main newspapers, an article about someone who lives close to the shore. Oh, yeah, we're flooding out more. So that's all the evidence of, of the, sea wild, the sea levels rising. <laughs> but Obama bought a $15 million mansion on Martha's Vineyard. Why would you do that if you think the world's coming to an end and uh, your, your whole island is going to be underwater in a couple of years? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. In fact, there was a real estate uh, newspaper, very, very one that goes to a lot of the high-level real estate agents in Greater Boston about a year ago. And they made they said that the prices have gone down, you know, people live by the ocean. Well, that's not true. I called some realtors up, and they said, no, the price may have taken a dip, but it's got nothing to do with sea levels, sea levels. And there's been no evidence of any serious sea levels rising. You know, they might say an inch maybe in 100 years, but you can't even predict that. I had Willie mm-hmm. really soon, one of our instructors who's a top-notch climate scientist, one of the best in the world, 
he said, I can't make any predictions. There's no, there's no model to predict. So actually, they did run my letter, you know, and I said, this is simply not true. I said, you owe it to your clients and your customers to put accurate information in there. And you simply went to one source, a left-wing source that had just, uh, I forget, I think it was called Climate, right, climate something. It was based in, um, in New York City. So they went to one source for this information. They didn't go to any, and it's a, an entity that banks on this kind of stuff. So it was erroneous from the beginning. So, so the bottom line, folks, is if you uh, hear a scientist uh, speak, especially if they're attached to the government or any uh, well-known academic institution, you better start. You better start thinking for yourself. It seems exactly. Uh, they try to scare me, but I, you know, you remember. I remember in the seventies, it was global cooling, and then there was uh, the Silent Spring, which I don't remember. I was only uh, four when it came out. Rachel Carson, you know, yeah. said that be, uh, because of the. Um, pesticides all the animals will be dead well that's not true mm-hmm. in fact the pesticide the ddt uh was was getting rid of malaria and uh, malaria was almost gone in africa i mean they banned malaria i mean they banned ddt and thousands mm-hmm. of people died from malaria because they banned ddt mm-hmm. you know and um and then they had uh, the, the population time bomb by paul ehrlich mm-hmm. who predicted the seas will um not to see the seas will be dead yeah. well that's not and, the case either and and what holds all this uh together hal and ohio brett is that it comes from and has come for decades from the left wing right it's exactly. not the left wing of politics and religion it's it comes from that and it seems that the th- the, the thread that binds all of it together is the desire to uh, instill fear instill fear exactly and now, look, uh, Spencer, throw up my uh, uh, issue summary, if you would. Uh, I write a, a column three times a week and publish it and send it out by email. You can also get it at my website, michaelheath.org. The greatest crime in human history. I'm not going to read it, but uh, I take on uh, a father, what I call father, uh, God, self-ordained God, the father, quote unquote, Fauci, um, Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's the who's made himself into the poster child for this, hasn't he, Hal? With this, he's kind of the high priest of the COVID cult, it seems. Oh, there's no question about it. Yes, he is the high priest of the COVID cult. And he's and we, contradicted yeah. himself more times uh, you, could, you could shake a stick at. You don't need to wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. Even in the emails they uncovered. And he lied about this gain-of-function research. He lied about it. Yep. And, that, and now they're concerned. Only half of Americans have, have taken the, have gotten the jab. And so they're so concerned about it that now they've released this Delta variant. They're saying it's going to kill all the kids. What do you make of that? Well, yes, the, the so-called Delta variants, uh, it's not nearly as, uh, it's not de- deadly at all. People recover from it. But they have to keep scaring people. They, but they don't scare people, they lose their power. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and now they want to go door to door. They want Biden wants to go door to door, giving people that, the jab. Brett, what, what, so, you know, a year, they, they've, uh, they've done a de- terrible thing to uh, small businesses. Well, um, what do you think? Are we going to be able to come back from this? I mean, they, with this, um, the lockdowns and the attack on, uh, on people getting out and buying things from small businesses, it forced us all onto Amazon. And, of course, Walmart and Amazon. Isn't it interesting? They closed all the churches, but they opened all the Walmarts, right? The virus... Uh, will spread if you go and you sing songs, worship choruses, but it's not going to spread if you go and buy buy eggs at Walmart. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, what do you make of Mike? What do you make? Well, you I, make? I may uh, I may be the Lone Ranger in the state of Ohio with 88 counties that uh, I refuse to use Amazon.com, and but we will bounce back. But we will bounce back. But unfortunately, some very good people, many of our families, uh, family members, friends, uh, people that we go to church with, they succumb to the propaganda. The propaganda was so strong. And the lies kept coming and coming and coming. And what do we ground ourselves in? We ground ourselves in the truth. And for me, that is that living truth that is found as I read my Bible every day. But the truth is this, that Fauci can't lie anymore. We need to call him out that Mm -hmm. uh, this COVID-19, 99% of the people who even get the COVID, they survive with current treatments. No yep. jab needed. So that's an A-plus rating, right? Yep. That A-plus rating and the variant is, is weaker than that. So mm-hmm. we need to interrupt our churches. We need to go to those pastors. Why aren't those pastors? Why are they professing a lie? Go to our, our government. That's why I'm so excited, uh, Mr. Heath, to be on your campaign trail. You're going to be one of the greatest governors in the history of America and as Maine goes, so goes the nation. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm excited to help you with your campaign. Yeah, um, Ohio Brett's talking about me running for governor of Maine. I'm a candidate for the Republican nomination of governor. The vote uh, is in June of 2022. So um, thank you for that plug. Um, Ohio Brett, who is serving as my director of development and special projects. Hal, you are um traveling and you, you're going to be showing a film tell us a little bit about that film people in wisconsin i assume can get that film it's about abortion oh you can yes you can buy it uh buy it right from the source it's called roe v wade it came out i think in april and it is the story of the disgusting supreme court decision that uh, uh led to the decriminalization of abortion although a Supreme Court decision was never supposed to overturn a law. And it mm-hmm. allegedly, you know, supposedly turned all these states laws and they just complied with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has a special, this video had a special meaning to me because one of the persons depicted in the movie is my late friend, Dr. Mildred Jefferson. She was a pioneer in the Right to Life movement. She was the first black woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School. Although she didn't, she said to me a number of times, I never went to Harvard Medical School to be the first black woman to graduate. I went there because I wanted to be a surgeon. I wanted to practice medicine. I wanted to heal people. Uh, but she said, if you can introduce me using that and if it helps the cause, go ahead and use it. <laughs> uh, her, her character is depicted by uh, Stacey Dash, the actress. Mm-hmm. And it's really a narration of uh, Dr. Nathanson, who, who did the fire on screen. He sort of narrates, you know, his character narrates it. And it was one big lie after the other. You know, they made up and how Hollywood, they would pay for various companies and uh, users to put lies in, in the, in the, in the in like the TV show, uh, was it with Maud? I think mm-hmm. his name, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, she would, they would just tell out no lies. And they yeah. just. I think how. Back- yeah, you're breaking up. You must be on route one. Up. You must be on Route 1 north I'm of Fulton. I, I got three bars. I should be good. Yeah, you were kind of breaking. So uh, give us the name of the movie again, Hal. And also, oh, it's called Roe v. Wade. It was yeah. showing it at Tang's Cuisine on, in the Holton. 
uh, Friday night at 6 p.m. And if you're listening, just show up. You can order off the menu. Uh, it's free admission. Make a donation. That's fine. But if you're listening to this, wherever you may be around the country, please, uh, you can live stream movies. Uh, you can buy a copy. It's about $12. Show it to your, show it to your family. Show it to pro-choice to see what this pro-choice is really about. So Ohio Brett, it, it was the ultrasound, you know, Nathan, and he actually aborted Kyle is he had a, a girlfriend and he committed a. Whoops. Yeah. The signal up there way up North. He's near Canada is not so good. Ohio Brett. So we're down to the wire here. Show's almost over. How can folks learn more, learn more about you? Where do you have a website? You can go to www. O-H-I-O-B-R-E-T-T dot com. O-H-I-O-B-R-E-T-T dot com. But uh, that's a, that's my speaking website. Uh, I'm more interested in them going to heathforgovernor.com. Uh, free cheese for all. <laughs> Heathforgovernor.com. So I want to thank Rob Pugh. He's the host of this show. He lets me uh, do a lot of uh, the hosting, and I'm, uh, I'm blessed uh, with, for the uh, opportunity. Really enjoyed having all of you on. Uh, we're going to be back next week with a with another uh, show. We're going to have Coach Dave Dobbinmeyer and Ray LeBlanc, I think, is who's going to join him. And we're going to be uh, dedicating the show to a discussion about the upcoming conference that uh, Brett is going to be speaking at. Brett, you wanted to jump I in wanted here, to Ray. close with, with one thing. With all of our great friends in the great state of Wisconsin, I do want to give a heads up. We are uh, prayerfully considering... Hey, Hal, uh, welcome back, Hal. Go ahead. We're getting ready to close the show. All right. So anyway, I do. Uh, I, I would encourage people to watch this movie. And there's two other movies that came out in the last few years. One of them is called Gosnell, America's Biggest Serial Killer. It was an abortion doctor in Philadelphia. And then it was um, uh, Unplanned, the story of Abby Johnson, a former Planned Parenthood um, yeah, the, uh, clinic the... uh, manager. Very powerful. All three are very powerful and yep. definitely uh, should be should be viewed. And, and not only should we watch them, but we should encourage others and even host uh, showings of these uh, important uh, movies. All right. Two, two minutes left. Hal Shirtlift with uh, CampConstitution.net. Is that your website? Is that yes, right? it is. Thank you. Camp, That's it. Yep. CampConstitution.net. You want to check that out, folks, and make your plans to be there next week. Polly and I are going to be spending the whole week with them. Can't wait to be with you, Hal and... Uh, Stevie Kraft, Reverend Kraft, can't say, give him my love. So, so I certainly will. He's right here with me. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, WCNTV.net is where this show is archived. You can share it with uh, folks. We'll be back next week with Coach Dave, as I said, and Ray LeBlanc. We're going to be talking about the upcoming conference in Wisconsin. Folks can't encourage you enough to, to get out, you know, turn the screen off, go to it consider attending this conference go join with a local uh effort that is in public uh bringing the gospel to uh the powers that be especially efforts that confront evil this is where uh we are needed the most i think right now not and as uh, harry said at the beginning not all of us are called to be the one doing the talking but all of us are certainly called to be doing the praying all of us are called to be doing the praying and supporting the advance of the kingdom of God. So you've been listening to WCNTV.net live stream. We do this every Wednesday at 3 
p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's what I think of. Two o'clock Central Time, which I believe is the time zone where Wisconsin is. Really appreciate all of you taking time to be on the show. We'll put it on uh, Facebook. Like it. Share the link on Facebook once it goes up as an archive. And can't wait for next week when we'll come together again and learn more about what matters most in our lives and in the great United States of America. You have a great week.